0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Red Mage. As always, I'd like to present the opportunity to check out my site at theredmagepodcast.com and to ask you to consider supporting me on Patreon, making a purchase at the shop, or simply sharing this podcast with a colleague. Now, without all out of the way, this week, we are exploring the impact of space on mental health. Due to the pandemic, many of us live, work, and socialize all in the same space, and we do it all virtually. So what does that mean for our mental health? To delve into this concept, I'm interviewing Mercy Casper Miller, a domestic uh, superheroine, an educator, and a mother of two. Mercy makes magic happen where she lives, works, and socializes. Post-recording, I would like to inform the audience that this episode contains potentially triggering material. If you are uncomfortable listening to personal accounts regarding mental health, or domestic violence, please skip this week's episode. With that said, I will now proceed with playing back the interview. Um, Mercy, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you. I get the break, so <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> so, you have a, a lot going on. You're 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 working, right. you're you know kind of socializing with friends online.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not like new to any of like the new stuff cuz like I was telling you earlier, you know, I I know I remember Yahoo Messenger, I you know, Google AIM and stuff like that. And so this time around, now I'm starting to like learn what Zoom is through Luna. And um you know, I'm I just enrolled the baby in a virtual Mommy and Me class, so I had to do that interview. And I thought how strange cuz you know, my background is in child development. Like this is not uh It's not the, I guess, most conducive thing to do, but it's the only thing to do. So I'll see how that goes. But it was definitely interesting to be meeting with people on Zoom because you forget that uh, they can see you. Or, or, uh, you know, you forget that you need to be present and looking at them as if you were in person. I think a couple times I let people hang and they were asking where I was and I was like cooking and just automatically on autopilot. so. So that's it.
0: I mean that's that's a lot going on how do you make that all work
1: uh well i mean the short answer is it doesn't work but it doesn't mean that it it's always like that like some days we have a really good schedule it's tight but like i said with this pandemic it's always changing like luna's schedule she's in fourth grade and so she has her school in the morning and then you know my husband he's going to school he's getting finishing his master's and then He's also working from home, so he works downstairs in like the washroom type place and when he's down there, you know, I'm making sure that the 10 year old is up, you know, up to par with whatever she needs to do. The baby isn't just watching TV all day long or anything like that. And then I have to prepare like, you know, food and, you know, just the logistical house stuff. And you know, with this pandemic, I have never cooked so much in my entire life. And I like cooking. I like cooking. I like baking. I'm not like anything fancy or, you know, like the foodies of Instagram and stuff like that. But I enjoy it. But lately, it has been crazy. So, um, you know, how do I make it work? As best I can, really.
0: So you you use the word crazy. Yeah. It, when you use that, is it because, is that coming out of a place that there's... A lot of stress being induced from all this?
1: Yeah, you know, to a certain extent, you know, it's it's because of this pandemic. But our family naturally has just uh, had what my mother-in-law referred to a, a while back as a buzzard luck. Um, and, you know, buzzard luck is basically like, a, what do you call it, Murphy's Law? Um, you know, oh, man, what else is there? Catch-22 or... You know, just anything where, you know, you're taking uh, two steps forward but one step back and, you know, if anything bad is going to happen, you know, is the possibility, like, it's going to come to fruition. That's just the way it is with us. Something fantastic always has to have to come with, like, some kind of, you know, crazy thing or, you know, catastrophe, like... Ryan got his BA uh, last year, and he was so excited to, to graduate and go to the ceremony, and we were all excited for that too. And then this pandemic hit, and it just sucked because, you know, all of this came to fruition, he worked hard, and then there was nothing to do for it. So we did the drive the graduation, and that was nice and everything, but it was, you know, of course it didn't have the obvious pop and circumstance of like a graduation. So. Let's see what else happened. um you know, we got this new van because our jeep was just uh on the fritz and everything and and when we got this van, this new van too new to us, it's only like a two thousand seven, so yeah, it's an older car car and everything, but we got it brand new to us, and it was working really good, and then the next morning it dies on us and I was thinking, great, I was gonna run errands, and so there's always some little thing, but um you know, we all have a lot of mental health issues, like, um, Ryan has PTSD and, um, you know, I guess I have my own form of PTSD too, but I've always like dealt with being a manic depressive, like ever since high school, probably definitely before that, because I just witnessed a whole lot of domestic violence and alcoholism and all those things. And, you know, at the time when you're developing, which is a big reason why I went into early childhood education, because I really wanted to see how that, uh, Affected me, because those are the you know the very crucial years, and so, um. Man, I'm trying to think. So many things. I got off track here, but anyways, bring me back because I forgot.
0: (laughs) I mean, that sounds like it's it's multi layered.
1: Oh, super multi layered.
0: Would you Would you say that this is kind of like just part of like the human experience?
1: Yeah, you know what? Definitely. You know, you say multi layered, and um the first thing I thought was like puff pastry because I really (laughs) like puff pastry. And I've been, you know, I started using it a lot more and, you know, in this pandemic. And anyway, so layers, right? It's so much of stuff because now everybody's really trying to um, really make sense of their relationships with people, especially the people that you live with, you know, married, you know, parents, brothers, sisters, and all of that stuff. And so I think a lot of the times when Ryan and I are having arguments or, you know, just the kids are getting on my nerves or, you know, I want to go out, but I can't, or I zoom with my friends and it just feels weird. You start to wonder like, okay, how much of this is like my mental health and how much of this is just natural stir craziness from the pandemic? And, uh, you know, the answer, I guess there isn't any one right or wrong answer to it all. It just is. You know that a lot of that is a pandemic, but the way I'm handling it has a lot to do with you know my, my mental health and you know the trauma and stresses of just you know becoming an adult. I still don't feel like an adult, um, and I'm gonna be forty this year, right? And you look think about that in your twenties, and you're like, wow, forty's so far away, and I'm gonna feel so old. No way, man! I feel younger than ever and terrified.
0: Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm closing in on thirty. Mm-hmm. And i, I know I, get out of here I, I can, I, this, is, this is the best i could relate to that yeah and it it hits it hits home in, in being that like that kind of question as to am i supposed to be here and yes where, where do you feel that like it's what's the reality of something versus this this kind of social expectation and is that social expectation well-founded
1: you know, and in, in all honesty, no, it's not well founded because especially with the way social, you know, socializing is now, you see all these images of people and you really don't know if that's their life, you know. I think one of the biggest ways that that really like struck me was um you know, I post my family and you know, I'm pretty active on social media and stuff, not like uber fancy or influencer style or anything like that, but you know, I've always posted You know, my my husband, my kids, you know, whatever I was doing at the time and, you know, funny stuff, food and whatever. But it was, uh, I didn't really understand how much of an, uh, I guess, personality I was portraying, what image I was giving people. Um, Because whenever there were hardships, you know, and I would have the opportunity to talk to my friends and stuff, they would be like, wow, you look so, you know, your family looks so put together and, you know, you have such a beautiful family. Like everybody tells us that, you know tells me that I have a beautiful family and that I'm such a strong mom and doing a good job and everything. And, you know, um, it's taken me this long to be like, yes, thank you. I am, (laughs) you know, I'm doing a good job and I'm trying my best. And a lot of that has to do with those expectations. I think, um, you know, when, when we talk about where we're supposed to be and everything, you don't really realize how that um, is just relative to whatever you want to be. So if, Whatever you're choosing is going to take X amount of time, then yeah, you know, you have some kind of set place of where you need to be, you know, in whatever timeline you have. And I think we forget that we're not all together, you know, like I see people talking about, you know, buying houses and having babies and everything like that. And I used to get really mad with Ryan. Like, come on, man, we don't have uh, our shit together, you know? Like, our friends are buying houses and all this other stuff. And for the longest time, I was always afraid of buying a house because, man, that sounded like so much responsibility and it's intimidating and who's going to, you know, fix this, that, and the other. And and then it was until later, like maybe pretty relatively recently, like the last few years, where I was thinking, you know what, I really do want a house. You know, if it, if it crumbles, it's fine. It's still my piece of, you know property and all that other stuff but yeah i'm i'm coming to terms as much as i can to really be gentle with the fact that i had these ideas of where i wanted to be at this time of my life and uh everything that i've reached i've reached on a mental health like emotional level rather than like all the materialistic superficial stuff does that make sense or did i ramble too much
0: no that makes a lot of sense what I also am kind of getting is that, you know, you, you mentioned all of these kind of things going on, trying to go on Zoom, trying to balance this, all yeah. these, like, really weird personas that we get online.
1: Right. And oh, it, my goodness. Yeah, that's true.
0: And it almost feels like what's going on internally is invisible.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. You know, you said uh, personalities, right, and how we're, like, conveying those. One of the biggest things I just had like this epiphany too is how I speak to my daughter's teachers, like she um when she was in school and you know everything was normal, I would always have these gripes with the teachers like i they always would have like some kind of issue with Luna, and that's fine, like I know what kind of kid i I have um. But I would still always find this like we just wouldn't click on some level like, oh, this teacher was just a little too rude or this one's too young or, you know, one of her teachers used like in the way that I'm using, um, but (laughs) uh, it was see, there it is again. And um, that would make me nuts. But now because we're in such a comfortable setting and all your worlds are blending this last teacher that she's had, we are super cool super, super cool. And, uh, I'm talking, I talked to her in the way that I would talk to you right now. I mean, obviously not with as many personal things, but uh, I found that I have really let my, I guess, personal personality come through a lot more. And I don't know how much that is surprising to like parents that I speak to or, or even to my friends and family. Really. I know that, believe me, there's a lot of twisted, uh, layers with, the relationship my mom and I have but now that I talk to her after all of those things and I really could just give two cents on what her opinions are of me of where I am in life or anything like that and so when we do talk I curse freely you know I'm I'm very comfortable in whatever opinions I have to say you know at some point and and if I need to call her out on some things then I do and I don't feel bad about it anymore and that's kind of the way it was with all the other things where my personalities had to mesh like making a doctor's appointment you know having to do these interviews for luna school and um you know talking to my work and everything so that's uh it's just crazy to think how when all of this is said and done and we're back to socializing again what's going to happen am i going to go back to my prior presets Or am I still going to be as relaxed as I am now? Like, how's that relationship going to change when I'm in person, you know, trying to volunteer at my daughter's school and all of those things? Because I do, I always have, uh, I've always been told that I have this fantastic and very strong voice. And I'm very proud of that. Although I don't know how I'm going to feel when I hear it because I rarely hear it myself. But, you know, because of that, you know, there's always a certain tone that I use with someone else, or you know, if I'm going to be speaking in front of people. I used to do theater a long time ago, and um, you know, I always thought about it. You know, in those terms, a lot of people would say, you know, she has such a powerful voice, and and it's just going to be interesting to see how much that changes when we, you know, go back to normal, whatever that is, because I don't think that's ever going to come back. So, I had a a
0: class project one time where we were developing for um, for people with, uh, health conditions. And I chose to do, um, on a, a child onset diabetes.
1: Oh, okay. I had a, a student who had a diabetes. She was like six or seven and it was just such a trip to see this little girl already know how to, you know, inject mm-hmm. herself. And she would tell you, I'm feeling shaky. And so she knew that she needed her juice and just, you know, it's it's different when. Well, what diabetes are you talking about? So it was the ones they're born with or the ones they
0: develop. The ones they develop, but okay. The the first the first iteration of my project. My teacher brought to my attention that, um, or I should say, more mentor because she has just um, been really helpful in in helping me su- how solidify myself as a in in the research I conduct as a as a UX researcher. Okay. And. The first thing that she said was when someone is hit with something, like diabetes or whatever, it's not just that one thing. They have multiple symptoms. They have, you know, diabetes and then they are having, like, you know, trouble seeing and then they're having a bad day with their car.
1: Yeah. And then they have, like, okay. issues
0: at home. and
1: that, that energy, it seeps through everything. So. Yeah,
0: and it's it's a very human truth. Every Everyone... I don't want to just make this general assumption, but it seems like there's so much invisibility to the things that are going on behind or inside people's lives, Right. and we're only getting this like these glimpses.
1: Oh, super glimpse. You know, you when I asked you what type of diabetes and, you know, the little girl I was talking about was born with it, but when I was uh, teaching for Head Start, one of my students, he was three or four, like around three or four. Um, he had the type of diabetes that you develop. And so his mother was like, oh, he has fatty liver disease. He's, you know, has cholesterol and all these things. And, you know, we had to make sure that he wasn't getting seconds and he wasn't really like filling up on certain foods and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just a trip to see this little boy who was in like worse shape than I, I was at the time. And, You know, he would. He needed glasses, too, so the eyesight thing is real. Um, And he was just a handful all over the place. Sweet kid, but I don't know. I've always been really good with what people would call the problem children and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, because it's Head Start, you're more of like a social worker because you're working with the whole family, right? So I see this kid, and everyone, you know, my co-teachers are like, Man, this kid is nuts, and, you know... They would always be like, all right, it's your turn. You're up. You know, you're the only one that can deal with it. And I was like, yeah, of course, I'll take him. And um, when it ended up happening, because of the social work aspect of this job, you have to do home visits. And when I went to his home visit, he was uh, in his underwear, in these little boxer briefs. And he was so excited to see me. But I walked into the house, and it was one-bedroom apartment like the one that I'm living in so I totally understand that now um, and there were two bunk beds two different bunk beds so one had a there was a, a twin bed on top full bed on the bottom and that was like in the living room so instead of couches you had two bunk beds that were shaped in an L like that and they had what must have been like well I mean honestly it looked like my laundry you know you have two kids and everybody it's just a ton of laundry all the time and it's just never going to get done and it was incredibly messy and the one bedroom was for uh, his grandparents and so they're you know the the older people of the family and they're the ones that have the room and there was the uncle on one and they think like the sister on the other bed and then of course my student and the mom i guess slept on the bottom with with him And it was just all these people in this tiny setting. I thought, how freaking stressful is this? Like, you know, of course he'd want to be eating all his comfort foods. Like, this makes sense, you know. (laughs) And, um, you know, and then the mother told me that his dad was in jail. And so I thought, oh, yeah, of course. She doesn't want to go anywhere. Like, this is a good gig for her. She's at home. And I thought, how incredibly stressful to not have your own space.
0: So, you know, on that there's all these things and all these layers and all these aspects that overlap and are interwoven how do you make space to breathe
1: man i am getting better about that now but before it was really hard i think in the beginning of the pandemic when you know all the You know, orders were coming and we were just staying home and everything. I was really excited about it because I really like being a domestic superhero. I like, you know, having my kids home and planning menus and just kind of, you know, organizing our lives and everything. And then it's just, it kept going and going and (laughs) going. And then summer hit. And then that was kind of cool. And so it was much easier to get a minute to yourself. Like, I always cherish the times where I get to take a shower by myself. Usually what happens if I want any time like that, I have to wake up at like four in the morning and have that time to myself. Usually when that happens, I fall asleep with the baby. You know, she sleeps at like 830 and so I'm out by that time too. But as far as space, my car is like where I am able to sit with no one there. And the thing that gets me through a lot of it really is I take... um, I take antidepressants, so I mean, whenever I'm feeling a little imbalanced and everything, I always wonder like, okay, is it time to switch up my medication or is it because this pandemic is stressing me out? And so I'll talk to my psychiatrist about it and, uh, you know, he'll tell me, yeah, you know, let's try and get you on a higher dose. And right now I'm at my highest dose. So there really isn't anything I can, you know, move up from here unless I wanted to add some kind of supplement. And so I take uh, Welbutrin. It's at The highest is like 450 milligrams. And then I take like a vitamin D and an allergy pill. So I take that. And I'm supposed to take like a whole bunch of other medicines, like vitamins and stuff. Not that like I have any condition or anything, but I just try to. But those, those pills, the antidepressants and the vitamin D and um, the allergy pill are the ones that I take religiously. Like if nothing else happens, if I'm not going to take care of myself in any other way... I will definitely take care of my mental health because I would not, I just wouldn't function. And I've been there. So, you know, we pre-pandemic, there were a couple of years, I, it was funny because Ryan mentioned to me, um, he's like, you know, you were depressed, like beyond depressed from like 2014 to 2017. And I thought, oh shit, like that's a long time. I don't even remember that. But it's true. You know, I... I don't um I would not want to get up at all and I would sleep for as long as I could I didn't like to uh it's not even that I didn't like to I just didn't take showers and I had to finish my BA during all of that and I think man how would that affect me in this pandemic to be like that with my kids with my husband in a smaller space and then to be as depressed as I was then like that would just be awful and I know that now because, you know, my husband came out as trans uh, a week ago. We're at like day two now, week week two, day two. And man, I lost my ever loving mind and not because I'm against any of that or any of those things. It was just something that was out of left field. And, you know, I, I didn't know what the hell my world was going to be and this whole all of last week i was crying non-stop hyperventilating i didn't want to go anywhere i had to take my daughter to the dentist and i had to get dressed and i've been photo documenting everything and so i would just look in the mirror every single time and wonder like man this is a very huge mental breakdown for me every single day like I barely feel I start I'm starting to feel a lot more functioning today mm. but I really had to ask myself last week like do am I gonna need a higher dose like what am I gonna do now you know and uh and no it's not that it you know I think if it, I wasn't on medication this would totally have turned me into a zombie for the rest of the year I,
0: I want to interrupt on that yeah just because there's it. so much um you know there there seems to be a lot of elements at play. What, and, and you're mentioning um, these antidepressants. Right. What about space and what other elements would you, would you feel that you need?
1: You know what? Um, I am very, very happy that we have spaces uh, that have grass or, you know, somewhere to look out on. And you know, another epiphany too. We have always rented spaces that have had a view and our last two places uh, did not have a view. And, you know, we're, we're somewhere that has a view now and we're a lot more at peace. Like I think about it, I was just thinking about every place we've lived in and usually the places that have some kind of greenery, we have like, you know, better times there, better years there. And, and that's a huge thing for me. But because I live, we live in a small place and everything, the way we get our time is, um, you know, shower time, bathroom time, you know. Everybody takes forever in the bathroom because that's the only place no one will bother them. Let me rephrase that. No one will bother anyone else but me in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, there have been times where we have a full-on family meeting and I'm like, guys, just get the hell out of here. Can I just take a piss in peace? <laughs> You know, at least the only t- thing, and, you know, like I said, excuse the vulgarity, graphicness, or whatever. It's like, the only time I know they're going to leave is if they know that I'm going to wipe my ass or something. And they're like, ah, I gotta leave. I'm like, yes, you should have been gone the whole time. The fact that that's the thing that makes you want to leave is beyond me. But, um, so but yeah, that's just how it is. So. <laughs> so it sounds like you need a physical
0: space to kind of have for yourself to just have room to, like yes reflect
1: exactly you know my my 10 year old what she does and it drives me and my husband nuts more him than me because I get it and you know kids are going to be kids she loves to build forts she will gather any and all pieces of pillows or you know boxes or whatever and she will build a fort and that's where she likes to be every single time or she'll hide in the closets and make some kind of space in there And, you know, it drives my husband insane because she never picks it up. But that's how she finds her space. And I think there were a couple times where she made her little things and she's like, come inside. And I went under there with her and I was like, you know what, you're right. This is a good spot. Get out of here. (laughs) I kicked her out and laid under there for a few minutes. But, yeah, I mean, you you take the car and if it is a space where I have access to, like, headphones and stuff and I know no one's going to bother me, then usually I'll put some headphones on. And then I'll listen to some kind of meditation music or um, affirmations. I like a lot of uh, Louise Hay. Do you know who she is? I know. So Louise Hay is, she's an older lady. And I really don't know too much of her, like what you would call her, like a life coach or whoever she is. But she, I know she's passed away, but she has these like daily affirmations. And they're all about just how there, there are no accidents and how our consciousness is you know, have already pre-planned everything for you. And so, you know, you have this concept of like, damn, you know, my life sucked because of, you know, my upbringing and everything. And then when you really think about it, it's like all of that stuff needed to happen. And so if you just think about that and just really, you know, acknowledge that, yeah, they were hard, but you have to even be grateful for those things too, because, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at. And when I thought about that, I was like, damn, you know, you don't, you shouldn't, uh, there was a one exerc- exercise where you write, like, how you want it to be one way, and um I guess you switch the word could from want, where, you know, if I could, you know, be a dancer or whatever, and then the other one was like, if I wanted to, you switch out that word, and you think, yeah, I mean, because anything is really possible, like, if you're not trying to do what you want to do. It's not that you couldn't do it or there was some hold back from before. It's just that you genuinely didn't want to do it for whatever that is. And Do you feel that these exercises help? Yeah. I think that I'm in much better spaces when I have the time to do it. I haven't been able to, to really get that space anywhere um, in a while. And even that space... Sometimes it doesn't have to be an actual, you know, set out corner of my house for me or anything like that. Sometimes it's just telling everybody I'm listening to something on my phone, you know, only call me if you need me or, you know, poke at me or wherever. And, you know, I can do that. I can clean the entire house with some headphones on, not listen to anybody and just hear what's going on in whatever I'm listening to, like Louise Hay or um, like audiobooks and stuff. I was listening to a friend of mine. She wrote a book called uh, Getting Off. And it was her memoir of her being, like, addicted to sex and porn and all this other stuff. And I just thought it was funny that, you know, I have these headphones on. And, like, my, (laughs) my chill time is listening to this book about porn and how she was, you know, always sleeping with people. And I'm, like, vacuuming. And, you know, my kids are watching, you know, Sesame Street and, you know, Luna's drawing or whatever. And here I am listening about, like, you know gang bangs and all this (laughs) other stuff and and but I still felt like at the end of it all you know after the end of my cleaning session and when I had to come back to you know my domestic duties I felt like I had taken a little vacation and I thought that was cool and so we just find little pockets and here and there.
0: So you know I I started this off by approaching it as a physical or just so maybe I was gonna. Int- I want to introduce the concepts of virtual spaces after, but
1: yeah, I'm you, interested in that.
0: <laughs> you you're mentioning kind of like this cognitive space.
1: Yeah right. Yeah that's true. I think you just kind of have to when you're in this setting because there's there's no other way. If you don't, you're you're gonna go crazy. You know, you just you have to make it work. When when I when you hear the word space,
0: what are the spaces that you're defining? Are they physical? Are they cognitive? Are they
1: You know, because I am, uh, I don't know what to call it. I guess I just, I like everything to be nice and neat and, and, you know, symmetrical. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're all there and they're all very neatly next to each other, you know, in however way you want to put them because... What are, it all what are... depends in whatever situation you're in. Because you're saying like a cognitive space, a physical space. And mm-hmm. what was the other one?
0: Like a virtual one. Oh, yeah,
1: virtual space. So the virtual space is something that I really haven't um, really enveloped or pursued or anything. And I'm going to have to next, actually this Thursday. Because I'm doing that virtual mommy and me class. And so it's the first time in this whole pandemic that I have to learn how to put it on my own laptop and figure that out because my daughter has her computer that she uses for school that has zoom. And so anytime we've had to zoom with anybody, we've used her computer. And so now it's at the time where she's going to be in school. So I have to figure that out. And I just don't know how it's going to work. Like, where do I put it? I don't have a desk space or anything like that. And you know, the kids totally ruined our walls, Uh Luna for leaving the markers around. And you know, my two year old, because she drew all over the damn place and we had it covered in gift wrap. And you know that. It's been there forever. <laughs> it's been there since like before December. Maybe after Thanksgiving. Because the a crayon was so ugly. I was like, you know what? I can look at troll wallpaper for as long as I need to. As long as I don't see that damn crayon. And now that I thought, oh crap, I'm going to do a virtual uh, session. I need to fix that. And so I finally had enough uh, gumption to get some um, peel off wallpaper or whatever. So I got some like rustic whatever paper and and I was able to do it today and man it makes a huge difference I was really surprised and again you know that kind of goes back to like how afraid I was of owning a home and thinking of all the stuff that you have to do yourself and even though this was like a very very tiny project I was like oh this is nice you know and it made me think if I had my own house I'd probably have a bunch of crap I'd be doing right now there's there's that mention of like the home and mm-hmm. having like a,
0: that dedicated space if you could have The ideal space, what would it look like and what would it be?
1: Well, would it be a multi-purpose thing or would it just be for the fact of having my own space and being able to, you know, take a break from things Mm -hmm. or work on things? Like, what kind of space is that? It could be both. It could be whatever. You you just go for the ideal, whatever you would
0: want. What are all the things you would need? Oh,
1: all bells and whistles and everything? Man, okay, so if that were the case... It would be a master bathroom with a huge, huge tub and like a nice shower that has like those stools in it. And then it would have like like one of those kind of like chase lounges, couch type things where you can lay across. And then I'd probably have some sort of table or something that I can um, you know work on, listen to music, and all that stuff. And it would have to have like an amazing view. Have to stare out to something. And I would be able to, you know, light candles in there and take a bath and all that stuff. And if I wanted to be on the phone or there was some kind of place where, oh, you know what it is? I saw on, man, I can't remember if it was a BuzzFeed article, but it's this like bamboo tray that goes over your bathtub. And, uh, you know, it has a place for your tablet, a place for your wine glass and all that. And I thought, shit, I'd be able to work like forever in here. But, you know, you can't zoom like that. And... Yeah, I guess that would be it. Something like that. I picture my space is like very calm. Like I like a lot of, um, uh, neuro-linguistic program chants. And so I'll, I'll play that. There's this one CD I have called Precision Repatterning. And it was by Christopher Howard, who was kind of like a Tony Robbins. And I don't know what happened to him. I'm sure he's still doing his thing, but I was lucky to catch him on KPFK through a friend of mine. Um, when it was bar- when it was new, and you know what, I went with um, my daughter's godfather, my compadre, and uh, we had a really cool, like, hypnotizing experience there. And so now I know that I associate, you know, being able to be calm in my own space with something like that. So I try to use that whenever I can.
0: There's a lot of relation between space and home.
1: Yeah, for you, <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Um, because that's like my job right now. I mean. I have barely just kind of come to terms with the type of person I am. Like, I I have to separate home and work. Like, it's one of the big, biggest reasons why I started to sub <coughs> instead of teach full-time because I don't want to be doing lesson plans at home. I don't want to be doing paperwork at home or doing all of those things. And if I can sub, then I have, like, the best of both worlds because... I know that when I go back to school and things like that, and I'm studying, like, I can't do it at home unless everyone is gone, and uh, and I like complete silence, so I have, you know, the, the way I know that I learn best, and I can't, um, you know, I just can't bring the two together. I mean, I have lately, but it's definitely not the ideal way I'd like to do it. sounds
0: like you need to be able to separate kind of like your workspace from your home space from your like social space
1: exactly but how do you do that you know I I don't I don't know how that's going to happen right now I think that we all just kind of have to learn what is going to I guess ultimately get you from point A to point B at this time and for me that's what it's been the the headphones whenever I can listen to them and whenever I find them because Luna steals them Uh, the showers by myself, um, mornings, like I got up, you know, I would get up to walk like at five in the morning when it was still dark. And I really prefer that. So that was one of those things too. I would come ready to like, you know, have the day, go forward and just, you know, make it as smooth and stress-free as possible.
0: It also sounds like there needs to be an environment because you mentioned before view, Mm -hmm. And you also kind of mentioned your car, and now you're mentioning walking space, like it feels like there needs to be a system.
1: Yeah. It would be nice. I, I do like that kind of structure. Um yeah, so I don't know what that'd look like. Explain to me.
0: <laughs> so I mean, that's that's one of the that's a million dollar question. Okay. Um as I'm kind of looking at esports as kind of this like skin or this kind of like example of an extreme work condition where you're, like, just there 24-7.
1: You said eSport? Mm-hmm. What it, is that? Is that, like,
0: a... Um, eSports is a competitive, um, athlete-level, uh, competition in video games.
1: Okay, so athlete, not, like, in the physical sense, no. but,
0: like, okay. electric uh, digital, uh, video game athlete. Oh, okay. So they kind of live in this one house where they eat work play and just kind of like continue just nailing down and and doing that whole day yeah they give up like going out and partying they give up relationships and there's a lot of stress that you see in um some of the videos that cover this and i've been looking at stuff from um was it cnbc um was it espn And a series of other... You um, know, I
1: saw a documentary on that a few years ago on gamers and these competitions and how they do spend all that. Okay, so I I kind of remember that.
0: So, you know, it gets very stressful. And as we're kind of talking about space, like, they say in that, like, kind of, like, usually a dedicated home or, like, this kind of, like, area where they practice with their teammates for, you know, somewhere between, like, 10 to 18 hours a day. Damn. And that kind of reflects back on like jobs that are demanding where you're you're there working hours of overtime. Yeah. And then too, like on a on a personal level, we're we're in this pandemic due to the coronavirus and we are at our desk twenty four seven. We're inside the that same room.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's it's I've observed that it's difficult to you know kind of just like get through that that there's this kind of like drudge and and almost like pain (laughs) yeah
1: yeah definitely um i get that
0: so i'm looking at it from a mental health perspective because you know stress anxiety and burnout are what kind of come out of that esports you know game yeah burnout
1: burnout's a big deal man
0: and when yeah and then when you reskin it to other places like if you're at if you're working as an animator for for hours you feel burnt out and you need to have moments where you just kind of tuck away and like step away from it yeah you as a teacher and a mother are kind of bombarded constantly with these yeah
1: yeah definitely it's um you know it's funny because i was talking to and i don't even remember if i told you but I was talking about how you you said all those roles, right? And mm-hmm. which sound like overwhelming and, you know, kind of crazy. But I really, really love being with my kids and being like traditionally domestic. I really enjoy that and having all those roles and all those hats to put on. You know, you there's like so many mommy blogs and, you know, a lot of them are heavily religious, you know, like the Duggars and all these other people and just all those things that have the traditional, you know, husband works and wife stays home and things like that. And I really like it. I mean, it's something I never grew up with. Um, you know, I, I know that you said I had two kids and I actually have three. My 22 year old is my sister-in-law. My husband and I raised her when she was 10, when she, she came to us when she was 10, I met her when she was eight. But man, I, when she came home with us and we were like our little nuclear family, me staying home and, you know, really enveloping that uh, traditional family lifestyle, like it, it benefited her so, so much. And, you know, it just really cemented the fact that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, my husband, he really liked it too. And you know like i said he came out as trans recently and so a lot of our we've been talking a lot about our roles and what happens and you know what that meant for me and all of those mm-hmm. things and and he still said he's like i still want to give you all that you know i still want to make sure that you know you're your home and you know you work part time and you know you just you run the house he's like i i still can't do that you know even if i was a woman i still wouldn't have that kind of organi- organization and drive that you have and and so i really thought you know, in this day and age of like being woke and all these things and how a lot of like my friends are probably thinking in their heads, like, you know, why is she doing that? Like, you know, feminism and you know, women don't need to do that. Cause we've had a lot of financial hardships and stuff. And I'm sure that that's crossed their mind. Like, bitch, why don't you just start working or whatever? And in my head, I'm like, uh, because our family is traumatic. And if I don't, if I do work, then no one's going to, you know, we're all going to crumble. Like our house is going to look crazy. We're not going to go to the doctors and, it's just you know, it's not going to happen.
0: There's there's seems to be so much that falls onto this domestic superhero.
1: Yeah, totally. And what
0: are what are resources that you would need for mental health? What are resources you would need to alleviate and to find some of those spaces that you need to just breathe?
1: Well, the way I've been doing it, just because this uh, pandemic is the way it is. You know our income bracket right now affords us to a ton of resources now um my daughter goes to therapy through a place called vip it's the violence uh intervention prevention program and so through them we have a an advocate and you know they'll ask us what we need you know if you need counseling if you need you know diapers because you know i have my two-year-old if you need food if you know the kids need new clothes and and all those things. And so we're really, really blessed in that sense that, you know, once once you're broke, there's so many things that are open for you. And then when you're in the middle, you can't really afford them. So lately, that's, that's just kind of the way I've been able to have that space. If I need to go, if I need therapy or I need something like that, then I could always, you know, talk to our advocate and get someone on a Zoom session or things like that. I don't know. Did that answer your question? Yeah.
0: So it sounds like there needs to be availability for... Um, specialized therapists. There oh needs, yeah. There needs to be spaces and environments that allow you to kind of step away and make sure that the house doesn't fall into disarray.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And it sounds like you need to be able to separate, you know, the social, the the work, and the domestic.
1: Yeah, and you can't do that right now. <laughs> you know, you just you can't. Not um, at least not for you know you can't you can't do that forever. Like maybe you can for a little bit. You know, I think with everything that we were going through last week with my husband and stuff it's it's funny how we actually found other ways to be by ourselves you know there was the baby had fallen asleep in the van and he was in he was in the car he was just come from bringing her back from the park and everything and he wanted me to order food or something like that and you know our 10 year old she's 10 so she can go up there so he had her go up and wait with her and then he came down so that we could figure out what we were gonna order for dinner and then we were like oh shit we're by ourselves no the baby's asleep balloon is in there you know on youtube on his phone and that's something we always give her because she doesn't she always complains about watching her sister or having to be the one there and usually it's like okay fine you you know if you're gonna do that then you can have your chaplain on as long as you pay attention to her or keep an eye on her And so anyways, we found that out. And I was like, oh, man, we can do this more often. Like, if she knocks out, like, we'll both get off and watch TV by ourselves and stuff. And so that was a good little pocket that we really didn't think of. And then um, now we have Luna try to wake up with her sister earlier. And then they'll go into the living room and watch TV and eat whatever breakfast I've already prepared for them. And then we have that time, too. I mean, our room doesn't even have a door. We don't have a door in there, and the bathroom's there. So we uh, put up a a curtain just to, like, kind of have some kind of privacy when we're by ourselves. Because we all sleep in the same room. It's like my husband's... Our bed is against one wall. At the foot of our bed is the toddler, you know, our two-year-old's bed. And then right across from us is my daughter's bed that faces out towards the doorway. So there really is not a lot of time for anything. But we find it. So
0: it sounds like there needs to be a a way to kind of, like do something within a period of time that you can do within a clo- enclosed physical space. Right. And the virtual aspects sound like things like music, sound like some kind of media to help cope and transform and reflect. Right. What about, um, you know, you mentioned this earlier with environment and views. What about nature?
1: I love nature. <laughs> you know, I mean it uh, automatically reduces your stress by like, you know, 20% when you go outside, like within the first five, five, 10 minutes or something like that. I remember reading that statistic a while back just because I was uh, studying uh, nature school. It's a kind of curriculum for child development where it all takes place outdoors. And so um, that would be great too. You know, plants are something that I've always really wanted to have around my house to kind of you know incorporate that element inside but i'm so bad at that like i just need to keep my kids fed and everybody in the house functioning and sorry plant you're the last one no. so i wish i could do that and i grew up with like fake house plants in my house so i mean i like the way it looks but i knew they were fake so i just thought i'm never gonna get that my grandma or, i don't know who she was and she was kind of like a grandma she would always get mayo and uh, put them on the fake plant leaves to make them shine Interesting. Yeah, she wanted that to be my chore, but I was like, ew gross. Like, Sorry, lady. <laughs> just around a house like... going around the house smelling like mayonnaise. Yeah, ugh. and I like mayo. I'm a big <laughs> fan of my sandwiches. But it was just such a weird thing.
0: So, you know, on, on that too, <laughs> it sounds like there needs to be some kind of like real life plant, not some yeah, weird, <laughs> weird mayo <laughs> smeared plant.
1: Oh, you know what else I really, really love too? Um, I really love a humidif like the the essential oil diffuser and oil diffuser, like that, really helps me out. I think that, um, you know, things can be crazy, but if I have a good oil diffuser on with like a nice scent on it, you know, even if I just close my eyes for like two seconds, I feel like rejuvenated. I was like, okay, I can deal with your screaming. So, I mean, yeah. So, it. There,
0: it it leans a lot towards these kind of like tangible. Media.
1: Yeah. And you think if it's tangible, is that because of my age? Like, if we're 10 years apart, like, do you feel that you need that way? You need it that way, I guess.
0: So what's really funny, um, this, I don't, I don't want to go too much into myself just because it's, this isn't a me project. <laughs> but when I first went into my graduate program, okay, I was fully digital. I wanted just to make apps. I wanted just to do, you know, this, these digital paintings and in graphics and that's it right and as I went through that it started transforming into really kind of coming out and understanding how how tangible I am and my teacher reminded me of that mm-hmm. and there was a really strong conversation we had after I made this cooking presentation and I broke down and I cried because I revealed something honest about myself and it was only being able to be expressed ephemerally there was something that I made tangibly and right. was consumed. And now coming into this yeah. pandemic It's a lot of layers. It's it's more apparent to me that the tangibility is, is something that is is really important because of we're physical beings or we have physical right. avatars.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I, I have a series of virtual avatars in games and stuff, but Sometimes I just need the separation between where I work, where I play, and where Ooh, I kind of just...
1: Do you mean, like, virtual avatars as in, like, your little characters that are different? Like, your pictures and stuff? Or something else? Because, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm so, um... I'm so in the dark about all this shit, so I... I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Some some are, like, our characters, like, in video games that I Oh, I okay. Um... I run around in Final Fantasy XIV, World of Warcraft, um, Genshin Impact, or even just some sandbox games I make in Unity. And just to kind of get away, because sometimes I I miss nature, or I miss being able to go around through
1: certain spaces. Yeah, I don't know what that's like, because all those things that you said, the only one that I ever recognized was World of Warcraft. And so I think... um, you know, you have, you do have all these different avatars. So you are kind of like able to go from point A to point B and kind of all that stuff. But no matter what, you're always going to want to get out. Like once you get out in that fresh air, you're like, ooh, I forgot what it's like to be outside.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, I actually have a lot of social anxiety. Yeah. You know and... what? I
1: find that a lot. You know, my husband has that. My 10 year old has social anxiety. She had it so, well, she has it so much that. I had to uh, get her an oral sensory necklace to chew because she was chewing her shirt all the time, and they were just getting soaking wet and disgusting. But yeah, it's a lot. Of, a lot of people have social anxiety. I think I do to a certain extent. But
0: and then I, I, I feel I have the male equivalent of um, the term that floats around, resting bitch face.
1: Oh yeah, everybody's got resting bitch face. It's kind of like. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of think the word bitch is just, like, man I, or woman or whoever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't like, I don't like that term. It's just that's yeah. what... Well, you know what? In Spanish, they call it a cara de puchi.
0: Cara de puchi. <laughs> yeah. I remember my grandma would say that yeah, a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, or what do they call it, too? Another one was shit sniffer face. I remember my aunt would be like, oh, look at her. She's like she's sniffing shit all the time. I was like, oh, okay. So the evolution of resting bitch face is yeah, what I, we I
0: went through right now. I want to take this opportunity to to present to my audience a, a better alternative. Yeah. Cara the Pucci. Yeah.
1: Cara the Pucci is a good one.
0: Or face a poo. Yeah. It just looks like you're, you've just sniffed some horrendous order. Yeah.
1: Poo sniffer face. Right. I mean, if you want to get like cute with it, but you know, I guess that's, uh, I,
0: and I, I, I love that because it's, it's, I hate using the word, the term resting bitch face, but it's just, yeah. I feel that is what more people would be able to come in. Um, so I actually, I actually want to say to the audience, go ahead and hit up um, <laughs> me up on LinkedIn on a, or on an Instagram poll <laughs> about what what term you would like to use to replace resting bitch face. Oh yeah,
1: in lieu of resting bitch face, that's true. Yeah, and that's a term I never really used anyway. Like I would hear it and everything, but I would always use cara de Bucci pucci or you know shit sniffer or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know
0: those are so much more fun too yeah they are fun you know
1: what i have a lot of fun with words i that's i curse a whole lot i really really do and i think that you know a lot of my friends didn't really know that until this pandemic because you know i'm at home i'm comfortable and and anyway you know i i do i curse all the time (laughs) you know i'm always dropping f-bombs i'm doing the you know all this stuff and then one time my daughter said it she goes oh shit i was like what why are you doing that you know (laughs) And then I really came to term with the fact that the way I explained it to her, I was like, you know, you need to be able to use these words responsibly. You know, it's not something that I use all the time with my friends, but Mm. when I'm comfortable and and I don't... uh, You know, I'm always very mindful of, like, the vulgarity aspect of it, but, you know, they're just words for me, and so she never really grew up knowing that they were bad, but I like to curse all the time. (laughs) You know?
0: (laughs) There is a... I'm not sure of the about the legitimacy of the study but there was something circulating around for the longest time on social media and i and i and i say this as a preamble to this because i, I just don't trust any anything social floating around on, on social media yeah um but there was a talk or promotion of a study that people that cuss more are more um honest and just truthful
1: oh yeah definitely
0: and and you know, I I, I kind of see that like it's just you know people that drop that, and it's hard because I'm someone that like off off the podcast like I, I swear so much, and it's just it just comes natural. Yeah. But I try to contain that a little bit, um, just for the podcast sake. But I think that there's there's a there's that whole Netflix uh, show about oh. the history of of swear words. What? And Why haven't I
1: seen this? It is.
0: It's super cool. And it's very, okay. it's hosted by... Is it by, recent? Or? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. No wonder. All right.
0: It's uh, hosted by Nick Cage. And it just kind of shows it's like, People's there's like a power Cage. that That's comes funny. out, of, out yeah. of saying this.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. The last thing I really wanted to, the last thing I saw on Netflix was The Night Stalker, which was all in, you know, my neighborhood. Your neighborhood too? No? I don't know. Yeah. So, um... That, and then I wanted to watch that one about Eliza Lamb. Did you see that yet? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. I'm such a chicken shit, though. I'm like, I'm like I have to watch this in the day or sitting right next to Ryan because I'll so, freak out. <laughs> so it
0: also sounds like this is kind of like this these shows or whatever are like virtual mediums that you use to kind of uh, unwind and just kind of... Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny. I didn't even really think about that, but we all have our shows. Like, Ryan and I will watch The Rookie and um, excuse me, my Coke. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, we always, we're like, yay, yeah, it's Sunday, you know, let's make sure all the kids are in bed and we have our snacks and we can watch that. Cause we, you know, we haven't gone to the movies or done anything like that. And one time we were in the car and the baby was asleep and Luna went inside to use the bathroom and we were just watching something on, on the phone. And then we thought, man, we can do this too. We can hide in the car and watch movies and But it was, uh, yeah, we watch a lot of series. Or I was watching them on my own before. Like, that was my safe space. When I was able to have the baby in daycare and if I didn't have to sub that day, I was able to, like, sit in my living room and watch The Handmaid's Tale and um, veg out until 3 o'clock. And then I thought, oh, shit, I got to get dinner ready. And then I would throw something together. Thankfully, Ryan is not like super traditional where he expects like fancy meals like he's just happy with whatever I make so I never get too stressed out about that but I am definitely into shows as turning my brain off guilty pleasure like super super cheesy teen romance like the I told you to all the boys I've ever loved mm. yeah I love that series that just ended Alright, it may keep going they have potential
0: so you know there, there's there's all all that Yes. If you could make a community resource that would deal with relieving stress, um, you know, anxiety, and then kind of re- renewing you with burnout. Yeah. What would that look like?
1: A resource?
0: Yeah. That could be a place. That could be, like, some kind of, like, product. What would it, you know, anything?
1: You know, I think the first thing that came to my mind was a place. I know that uh, co-working spaces are very popular now, a cousin of mine did the, brought the first one to Uptown Whittier and it was something that I had heard about uh, through theater actually. In Spain they have a kind of like a collaborative place and when I was uh, in a theater group it was one of the things that our director went to, he went to visit Spain and then he had all these ideas and then he brought up the idea of co-working, co, you know, cohabitating spaces and so and over there they have you know one big theater place and then all these different uh theater troops who either don't have their spaces or aren't really looking for one they would all produce their shows there so you would have a continuous run of you know rehearsals and shows and just all these different things and you know it was kind of like a beautiful chaos I guess and you know that started coming over here I saw that in downtown and things like that but um You know, in terms of what that looks like for me, I think it kind of looks like a a co-working space, something where you can have uh, different kind of rooms and just kind of like pick what you want to do. Some people really find, um, you know, sitting in a place with a nice couch to read and, you know, or some people feel like they need to scream like my 10 year old loves to scream when she's pissed and it gets on our nerves just because I feel like our neighbors are going to call CPS on us or something and I have to give like some disclaimer I was like the neighbors are going to think we're killing you or something or you know I I always have to be like trying to make sure that you know they don't think we're crazy um or me because I'm the loudest one in the house so I feel like they all our neighbors know Ryan and they just think he's this nice guy and he can chit chat with them and you know, I'm all nice to our neighbors, but you know, I know they heard me, you know, call my crazy kids like a pain in the ass or, you know, stop fucking, you know, leaving your shit on the floor. And they probably think that I'm like schizophrenic or something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Where did we go off? I was just started thinking about all these other things.
0: Yeah. No. Sounded like you know we need. We oh, we're the... going
1: back to the spaces. Yeah. Yes, so
0: that you you think of a place that you go to. Yeah,
1: I would think of a place. Um, it would have to have a little bit of everything because if it's something that's going to be given to like you know as a resource to people, there's just different way that seems you know that goes about. Like I said, my daughter loves to scream. I'd probably have a screaming place. You know, um, those things are really popular. You know, when you go and you break plates and things like that. Um, and it would definitely have like some really nice snacks. You know. I love snacks. I'm a snacker all the time. And it would have to be very nicely prepared too. I think a lot of the times when I need to de-stress is because I need the house clean. And when it is clean, it just feels that much better. So, you know, it it would have to be very versatile because I know that, you know, some people like to be covered up in a whole lot, like weighted blankets. or. I guess coming out more to the forefront than ever. Like I don't remember that in uh, working with children like ten years ago. So.
0: And you know, right now with COVID, it's it's kind of hard to kind of go out. Oh yeah. If there was a first iteration of this of this place, would you also like to have maybe like a some kind of like package you can receive to do that in the space that's available to you immediately?
1: Yeah, you know, I saw recently. That there are these kits for happy hours, like like that's how it works are you know how that's how work uh, companies are building, uh, you know rapport with their employees. And so, you order this kit, it goes to all your employees, and then you have a virtual happy hour. Because we tried to do, I tried to do that with uh, my girlfriends, and it just didn't feel the same. You know, I was like huddled over in my kitchen with my drink, and you know, everybody was kind of on their own thing, and it just it didn't feel. It didn't feel like a true happy hour. So I don't know what that would look like just because I'm not really, it never really worked for me, you know, mm. which is why I don't really zoom off. And I'd rather see my, my friends, um, well, the ones that I trust and I know that they're not, you know, being careless and going around everywhere. I have a, a very, very tight pod and I would rather go see people with a mask on from the, you know, length of my car or outdoors then maybe send something but i guess if it was going to be something that you can pick up and create your own space it would definitely have uh, well granted these people already have their media right they already have their equipment their computers and stuff like that so yeah definitely have some kind of essential oil thing a small diffuser probably like a candle or something uh some kind of stress ball. My daughter uses this putty. My older daughter used to use this putty that uh, she would always have to move in her hands and and uh, smell or anything like that. And that was her thing. So just a bunch of little things. And I guess you can curate them, right? I mean, there's lots of monthly boxes for stuff, I think. Uh, what did I get? I used to get Ipsy for a while. And I got tired of that. And then I thought of getting this one subscription for like bacon. Because Ryan really, well, we all like really like it and i just thought that was funny bacon is delicious yeah yeah and it's you know it's like the fancy kind like one week you get you know an apple wood smoked and some are you know peppered one or whatever and it just sounded cool and and then i saw that you can order different kits for like you know a girlfriend kit or a boyfriend kit or like you know girlfriends as in friends kit and they have little things like you know, a little cocktail kit and, uh, some lotion and a candle and things like that. And then, you know, I look at that and sometimes I think, well, what am I going to do with all this shit? You know, like I like some of those things. And then, you know, I end up tossing the rest if I ever get anything like that. And then I think, man, this is not good for our carbon footprint. You know, we have so much stuff. And if we're going to do anything type of space wise, like I would want it to do it as minimalist as possible because, That's another thing I've been really trying to do and it's hard to do in a small space is try to be a minimalist and it's not really working out so so (laughs) well yet. But it will. I already started throwing away a lot of stuff finally.
0: Would you you like it, you know, with... When I when I see subscription boxes I, I feel like you're you're paying all the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, want to do that. <laughs> what if you if
0: you if you did pay, what if you could rack up points to get some kind of free package?
1: Oh my goodness, I am all about points. I love me some points. I just started using Fetch mm-hmm. and are you familiar with that? No, no. So Fetch is an app where you um scan your receipts and you get points for them. And your points turn into, they can turn into money. They can, well, they mostly turn into like gift cards or subscriptions or whatever you want to buy. And if you happen to buy whatever they're promoting this week, like I was at the Dollar Tree and I got a bottle of water and you get like 25 points for every receipt. And if it has, you know, whatever featured item, then you get, you know, a hundred, a thousand or whatever more. And so one of my receipts had Aquafina. And so in addition to the 25 points, I got like another, ended up being like 80 points. So I'm at, like, almost 5,000 points. So right now I can get myself uh, maybe a gift card to Target for five bucks or something. And, you know, just little things like that, like art to Starbucks. And, and so if, if I can, re- get, you know, like kind of rack up whatever rewards programs and things, like, I like it. I'm about that. I figure you just kind of got to milk everything for what it's worth. And then I think of the psychological aspect, like, okay, how, how much are they really getting off me? You know, I think I'm saving, but how much more am I even spending because of this? Mm. Especially with children's clothes. I, I shop at the children's place, and they have this rewards program, and they give you, like, a dollar for every, you know, amount you spend. And Old Navy does that, too. You know, I they were like, oh, you have $40 in super cash. And I was like, dang, $40 is a lot. And, of course, I had to spend, like, you know, 150 to make that 40 work, so... Yeah, so
0: it's, I'm duped. It, it sounds like some kind of, like, element of gamification. Is, is yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I like that. I'm a big fan of Tetris. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those are... And, you know, it always catches me, you know. I'm a sucker for that stuff.
0: So, you know, we're, we're at the, the end of our episode here. <laughs> but thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, yeah, no problem.
0: And you had mentioned that you've started doing a photo vlog on, on Instagram.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not... Yeah, I'm going to start a photo blog because, like I said, my, my husband came out as trans last week. And, you know, holy shit, it's been a ride. But, you know, we're in a good space. The The big thing about it is is that, you know, this revelation he had wasn't intended to, like, you know, end in divorce or anything like that. And... You know, that was something where I was, I didn't think he was going to do that, but I just thought, you know, why would you think I wouldn't react, you know, drastically or anything? But with that being said, I'm going to, um, I'm going to start a Instagram page. I, I called it a uh, wonder vision 1026 because my Instagram handle is wonder mama. Cause I have a big, um, how funny the term I thought was lady boner, no. <laughs> <laughs> a big lady boner for wonder woman. And, uh. Anyway, so I, I I always put Wonder Mama, and 1026 is, uh, my daughter was born on the 10th, and uh, my oldest daughter, uh, the one that, you know, we raised, I always call her my first big baby, she was, her birthday's on the 26th, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the way the universe works, our youngest baby, uh, she was born on the 26th of December, so wow. I never had to change 1026, everything is 1026. <laughs> so, so
0: it saves a lot of time. On oh that. yeah,
1: Totally. And it's also bad for passwords because I already got Google telling me, you know, these aren't safe. You need to change it. I was like, I can't remember anything else. Like, it's going to stay the way it is. I have nothing.
0: So if, if that's a, a public um, Instagram that you want people yeah, to Yeah, it will.
1: It's going to be WandaVision1026. And, um, you know, I put Vision because we had just finished wan- watching WandaVision. And, oh, man, we related that to what we were going through so, so much and, uh, yeah, I felt like Wanda. Like, I just felt that 100%. And it was it was a really good show. It was fun. And that was one of the things that, you know, Ryan and I had talked about when he had told me that, you know, he wants to be a, a or he, he feels that he is a, or knows. See, I have to go through all these things. He knows that he is really a transsexual woman. And he, you know, feels that he's really found himself, and now he's a lot happier, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, ins and outs to that, and so, you know, when I take my pictures every day, there's just all these thoughts that I think of, and, you know, write those down, and so eventually that'll turn into, like, a couple of podcast episodes, and uh, we'll go from there, I mean, we're definitely in uncharted territory, so.
0: So, everyone check out
1: Wonder Vision uh, 1026 on Instagram, and then... At some point, like I said, there'll be a podcast, and I'm not sure what it's going to be, but uh, I do know that on our title, it's uh, El Gringo y la Gorda, and the City Underbelly of Love, and all other things complicated, because he's a gringo, and I'm a very proud gorda, <laughs> which, you know, means fat, and, uh, you know, I've been called that my entire life, but, um, you know, up until recently, this body positive movement that totally missed me in my 20s, but we're not going to get into that, so um, you know, it's just something that I, I've always really, really enjoyed is those kind of titles. And we just, we got a shit ton of layers in our lives. And it's it's going to be a hopefully interesting. And if anything, it'll make people feel a whole lot better than themselves that they're not as crazy as we are. <laughs> or
0: it might be an opportunity for people to feel that they're normal in a very crazy world.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know. What's normal, right? I mean, I've been thinking about, you know, what my normal is. But... I don't know. Let's see. What am I going to end with on this? Well, just that, you know, it's Wonder, Mama, Wonder Vision 1026, and we're going through a whole lot of things, you know, I'm going to getting, getting used to the idea that my husband is going to be a woman, a trans woman, because he also made that very clear that he is, he doesn't feel like a man. He doesn't feel like a, like woman in the aspect that I am, you know, he's not thinking about fully transitioning or anything like that, but he definitely feels like a trans woman. And you know what that you know meant for me was you know am I a lesbian too? And then you know I was kind of going back and forth with it. But I'm just queer, <laughs> and I'm very happy with that. Like, so we'll see what happens, but definitely interesting.
0: Awesome. So thank you everyone again for joining us today. Stay fantastic. The red badge well, like is out.